It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Injured at work in a motor vehicle accident or had a fall in a public space? Speak to Your Claim Lawyers, a no-win, no-fee, personal injury claims law firm that specialises in maximising compensation claims for injured people. Call 1-800-YOUR-CLAIM or yourclaimlawyers.com.au. This weekend, one of the greatest Hawthorne careers comes to an end. Alistair Clarkson will finish up on 390 games coached more than any other Hawthorne coach with four premierships more than any other Hawthorne coach uh, has won. He has revolutionised the modern game and set the bar of what it means to be a coach in modern footy. Everyone's been trying to play catch-up ever since. And if you can't beat them, join them. And that's been the modus operandi for so many clubs is you can't get Alistair Clarkson, then go get someone who's coached under him. And that has brought success to so many other clubs across the league. His influence has been enormous. And how do you remember a great and how do you speak about a great? So to honour a great, you need to speak to another great. Uh, and that's exactly what we're doing tonight uh, on the Sporting Capital. We've been good enough to be joined uh, by one of my favourites of all time. Uh, he wore the number nine as well as anyone's worn it. That famous number, Brownlow medalist, premiership player under Clarko. The great Shane Crawford has been good enough to grace us with his presence. Hello, Croft. Sam, how are you, mate? I'm very well. Um, it's wonderful to have you on, and, and I really do appreciate your time. But I wanted to go back to the time that Alistair Clarkson uh, arrived at Hawthorne, and, and we can speak about the how it's all unfolded in the end. We'll do all that later. But I wanted to go back in time to where you were and what you were doing in uh, 2004 after a really tough year. You'd broken your arm. Schwabby had been promising grand finals and we'd only had four wins and he's a great Hawthorne man. Uh, you, you're thinking, all right, well, we're going to get a new coach. It's going to be Ayers or Wallace. And then you hear Alistair Clarkson is the new coach of the Hawthorne Football Club. What went through your mind? Well, I thought disaster, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, I thought this is not good um, because... A couple of reasons. Uh, one, I used to punch on with him whenever yes. I'd play against him. Um, and then secondly, I'm like, what if we didn't go with one of those Hawthorne greats to take over? So, yeah, and, and obviously at that time too, it was a, we weren't a very good team. We, we fell in a massive hole. We, by the end of 2004, we had, you know, we had a lot of injuries to players and, you know, we virtually were chucking out a box hill side at times. Um, so it was... It wasn't a happy place, you know, um, especially for myself, sort of thinking, oh, I love this place, but I just, I don't think I can finish my career here. I think I need to clear my head and go somewhere else, you know. So there was a lot of uncertainty and and then obviously Clarko comes, um, comes in and my very first meeting um, was, it was an interesting meeting because I was very uncertain about where I wanted to go and... Um, well, I just didn't think Hawthorne was that club anymore. And I sat down with him at Glenfrey Oval. Um, we've sat in one of the, the um, offices that uh, offices that um, probably hadn't been used for a while. And he just said, listen, I, I, I want you to stay around and help. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play all these kids. Um, we're going to draft, you know, all these kids and I'm going to play them and they're not going to be ready to go. Uh, but that's, I think the best way to learn is 
you play on good players, you learn. You've got to be stronger, you've got to be faster, you've got to be more dedicated. But I'd like you to try and help me, you know, teach them how to train hard and get them in the in the right space to hopefully go on and have a career. And and then he followed up with, oh, by the way, you know, you're good mates um, who've been very loyal to this footy club and had a crack. I'm going to sack them. <laughs> and, and then on top of that, you know, we're not going to win many games. Like, we're going to try, but... Like, we've got to be realistic about it. We're not going to win many games. So I can assure you, and, and it literally did in my head, I'm like, okay, do I flip this desk over and just start swinging and try and punch him in the head? Or, <laughs> like, I oh, know that, that was literally what was going through my head. I'm like, oh, my goodness, I don't know what to do. I really don't know what to do. So I obviously left that meeting and um, I took a few days to calm down, get my head together and try and sort of work out whether or not I could hang around. So um, that's how it all started with Clarko. It's, a, it's an incredible sliding doors moment, Croft, obviously because we know how this story ends for you. But at the time, to, to walk out of that meeting and to know that I mean, and the, one of the first things that he did, and I've spoken to a couple of people who were in the room when he got everyone together and said, righto, well this is what's happening and some of you won't be around for it. We're going to win a flag, but some of you won't be here for it. Some of you will be here, but you won't play in it. And your job is to help me get these guys ready for it. And then, as you say, you know, the guys that were shown the door very quickly, and we're talking, you know, staunch citizens of the Hawthorne Footy Club. Nathan Thompson obviously left for different reasons, but Raiden Tallis, Mark Graham, Chris Barlow, Lance Pachoni, a year later, Nick Holland, Stephen Green, Angelo Leckis. Um, yeah, Luke, Lukey McCabe in there somewhere. Yes. Yeah. So you walk away, and how, so how close did you come to going, no, nah, no, nah, I can't sign up for this? Oh, well, to be honest, if it wasn't for my mother, and not that I had conversations with my mother about whether or not I hang around, but she always said, you don't give up when things are tough, you know? Mm. So, so that was ingrained in me from an early age, regardless of how much you're getting smashed by, it's, you just got to hang in there. You just got to keep going and you don't give up. You don't walk out. So that, if I didn't have that in the back of my head, I, it would have definitely been a, a different story to uh, to finish my career anyway. How long did it take you to, not that you didn't buy in straight away, but how long did he take to win you over? Oh, well, <laughs> I still think he was a terrible coach early on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but because, and... But it was to do with personnel, of course, mm. um, and he was playing lots of kids, and we had a real um, well. We, we just had a flood flooding mentality where we'd push as many numbers into the back half, and we would virtually try not to lose by a hundred points. We'd lose by sixty points, you know. So, um, and it's not as though we're going out there to try and lose, but mentally, for a senior player like myself and a few others, it, we we just knew that oh. <laughs> We've just got to try and fight and hang in here and, and try and make it difficult for the opposition. But, um, like, we went back to the basics with him. Like, we were doing handball drills where he'd, send, he'd put a little circle out in the middle and we had to count how many we got through, you know, virtually like the old wow. uh, footy show. Yes. Yeah, it was real old school, yep. basic. And I can assure you that... We were all whispering to each other, especially the senior type players. It was like, oh, my goodness. And then it was like, how many kicks did you uh, do on your, your right foot to the target, a stationary target? How many did you get through the hole? How many did you get in the bucket? 
And I'm like, oh, my God, we are in big trouble. And I don't know how many kicks I got, but I've got a Brownlow at home if you need to check my Bonafides. <laughs> oh, my goodness. No, but it, it was very much like that. Okay, I'm going to strip it right back to the basics. Um, and it took us... It took us probably a year and a half until mm. I started to go, okay, right. Yeah. You know, and it probably wasn't until that end of the second year when he was obviously under pressure to, to keep, uh, you know, his spot and to continue on because we obviously hadn't been doing so well. Um, and that's when, that's when all that work, that foundation work, when you look back, was just virtually building blocks for the future. And then obviously that third year, we brought in, you know, zones and drifting zones. And, like, even when you get tackled, normally you try and flick the ball out or pass it on or get it moving. But we we deliberately would get caught with a footy because we just knew that oh, it was probably a 50-50 to pass it off. So we're better off getting nailed with a tackle. Try and take your time passing the ball back. At least that allows us to set up and regain a bit of position and then... We start to go from there. So we just started. We started rehearsing everything we did. We trained with unbelievable intensity. Um, he was prepared in that third and fourth year to lose players on the training track, which a lot of coaches you don't want to, but you just know if you're going to train with un, with unbelievable intensity, um, that that's the best way to do it. You train. You put proper pressure on. You play on. You know, your teammates who know what you're trying to do and know what structure you're trying to, to work towards. And then in that fourth year, actually getting out and playing a game was sometimes easier than training. Yeah. So, um, you know, and I know I say I thought he had no idea and I thought it was disaster, which was true. But if you ask me what type of coach uh, Coach Alistair Clarkson is and is he any good... He's the best. He's a genius. He's unbelievable. Uh, See, I love that. And that word genius has come up. So in the package last night that AFL 360 played, Dunstall, Healy, Lyon, these are the calibre of people all using that word genius. So do you remember the moment where you did think, oh, oh, shit, you're a genius? (laughs) Well, well, there were some bits that I didn't like. um, And if I was coach, I'd try and do it a touch differently. But... um, I think the art of coaching, like, I think anyone can coach and and tell everyone to get out and do certain things, but the art of coaching and being a great coach is getting everyone to put the team first in everything they do and to think about the team 100% of the time, not 90% of the time, not 80% of the time, 100% of the time, you know. I really want to get a kick. No, I'm not in the best position. So what do I do? I create space or I move to a different area. Um, And so when we talk about being a genius, I think you need to be a bit of a genius to get everyone with the same mentality, especially when you've got players like Lance Franklin, you know, who just kick 100 goals and think they're amazing. Mm. But if he doesn't do what he does in a grand final and, and know that he's not going to kick a lot of goals but he knows he's got to be a guinea pig and push up the field and drag two-on-ones and create space for guys like Roughhead and Mark Williams and all those types. Um, you know, that, that's pretty hard for especially young players to do, to go, hey, well, I'm the biggest stage of my life. I've got to be a decoy. Are you serious? Um, so that's, that's the art of coaching. And then you bring in the zones. You bring in, you know, the manning and the mark. Hawthorne were incredible at manning the mark. Yeah just forcing the side to kick wider, higher, um, you know, which allowed 
rolling zones, which he brought in, you know. So we'd, we'd set up from a, a kick-in. We'd sort of have a trap, you know. So we'd we'd create space, you know, into a pocket, allow the ball to go there, and then we'd start the squeeze because we knew that second kick, they had to go long, and then we'd have a a drifting player come across, and that might be an extra Luke Hodge or whatever. You have a few more numbers at the ball, and away you go. You start to, to work your way through from there. But, um, you know, and that, that took a lot of courage. I can still remember we made so many mistakes. We went down and played um, the Brisbane Lions early on um, in Clarko's coaching career. And just before he ran out, he said, I've got an idea. Um, so <laughs> the defenders today, um, don't go to your man for the first three bounces. Um, this is what I want us to do. I want us to set up a box formation. Okay, we just need the midfielders to put good pressure on when they do get it. And we uh, will zone that part of the ground and we'll be okay. Brisbane kicked the first three goals um, <laughs> and they dominated. <laughs> and then after the game, he said, listen, um, you know, one thing we've all learned today is, <laughs> yes, we can try things, but we need to rehearse them. We need to practice. And midfield, I'll tell you what, if you don't put pressure, we've got no chance. So, you know, just to try those things. And as I said before, you get tackled, you know you're going to get tackled, you know you're going to get caught with a footy. Well, that was our rule. It's like, get caught with a footy. That's the first time a coach has ever said to me, you've got to get caught with a footy, especially if it's a, a questionable, you know, turnover, because they'll have extra numbers, it'll be an open space, they'll score. You know, so yeah. for a lot of times they go, oh, Hawthorne kept getting caught with a footy, but it was actually a tactic. Wow. Um, there's no other coaches who'd probably go in with a tactic like he, that. He was talking about a similar game against Port Adelaide where they, he reckons they kicked the first seven and then he had to change the way that they went about that. Uh, that, that second year, I'm fascinated by that given current events and, and, and certain other people are in their second year and the Wolves are at the door. I remember at the time that the, the, the commentary around that Hawthorne had made a mistake was pretty fever pitch. Was there a time in the second year where you guys as players thought, I, I think he's gone? I, not, not necessarily thinking he was gone, but it was like, because oh, he know what he's doing, um, mm. you know. But you also got to understand your personnel. You got to have a plan, and obviously at the time they had a long term plan. But then you got to have a board that trusts that long term plan because we all want to win. Um, you know, we want to win earlier than you know every every time everything's predicted. So um, you know. Everyone gets a bit shaky and everyone starts to question, oh, I don't know if he's the right person. But because cause he's extremely passionate, he's unbelievably hardworking, um, he rehearses everything out on the training track, he puts fear into all his players at times, especially in the meetings. It's like he loves flexible players. You've got to be a flexible player or you're out. Um, so you've got to be able to play different positions. But not only that, you've got to understand everyone else's position because in a game... Someone goes down, someone's, you know, still on the ground holding their leg. Uh, you've swapped positions and, you know, it got to a stage when the team was humming um, that we're able to flick and swap positions, you know, and that was the most famous one was Stuart Jew, flicking himself to half forward yep. and and winning the Hawks a grand final yes. in 208 because, because we were so well drilled and everyone totally understood... You know, if I'm the back pocket, okay, starting position, yeah, this is where I need to be. What do I need to do here? What do you want me to do here? Yes, I'm, a, you know, close-checking, um, you know, defender. But then we had forwards who wouldn't kick many goals and wouldn't do much, but they were, 
negating forwards. Yet we'd play them all the time, and people used to question, oh, why's why's Michael Osborne getting another run? Or what's Jordan Lewis? He didn't touch the footy much today, but then when you think about it, they pretty much won it the game because they shut down the half-back and they'd still bob up for a goal or two, and they were helping the team enormously, whereas a lot of coaches never thought like that. Croft, what does he mean to you in the context of your career, and then what does he mean to Hawthorne? Oh, I, I, well, he, he made a dream come true to, for me, you know, which was being a part of a premiership team. You know, a young kid from a little country town, you just, yes, of course, yeah, my dream is to play out for footy, but my dream is to win, you know, win. Um, on, grand, on the last September, um, you know, last weekend of September, that, that's the dream. And through his coaching and, and his hardness and his directness um, and his... Um, you know, there's so many emotions that come up when I think about him and describe him, especially when you say that that relationship was pretty unusual early on and a bit awkward and frosted. But um, I just, I cannot praise him and thank him. And he, he just continued to amaze me, even after I stepped away from the club, you know, to lose Lance Franklin you know, and then to still come out and then go win, 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 you know, keep winning premierships. When you lose your very best player, the best player in the competition, you know, everyone's like, oh, they're gone now. Um, you know, to tell players, I don't want you to kick too many goals. We need other guys to kick goals. We need to share it around. Um, you know, he, he, I just can't praise him enough. Mm. And, yeah, I know he's quirky. I know he's crazy. <laughs> I know he's fun. He's extremely passionate, but... Um, he, he's an absolute legend uh, when it comes to the Hawthorne Football Club and to the AFL industry. The AFL industry is so much better um, for having Alistair Clarkson because he has changed our game in so many different ways. Um, like even now, Hawthorne, over the last few years, we knew it was going to be tough. We knew they weren't going to win a lot of games, but I always knew that if he's coaching, they're going to be hard to play yep. every week regardless, you know, so they're always going to be competitive. They're going to be extremely well drilled. Um, everyone's going to really know, you know, where they stand and opposition won't want to play them because it's definitely no gimme game regardless of the talent or where the list was at. Um we don't have a heap of time and you've been so generous with it, but I just wanted to ask you a quick word, and a quick word's probably not doing him justice, but the man that wears your number, um, Sean Burgoyne, his 250th game will be this weekend and his final game as a Hawk. And I know you guys didn't play together, but you played against him and um, he's definitely uh, done justice to that famous number as well. What uh, what do you think of when you think of Sean Burgoyne? Oh, mate, he, <laughs> he just brings a smile to my face because... Yep. I know everyone talks about him being Mr. Fix-It and well, how lucky was Clarko oh. to have, you know, um, to have him, Sean Burgoyne, come to the football club. And, and not only that, I must praise Andrew Russell too because Andrew Russell was in charge of the fitness, obviously mm. at Carlton now. And I still I think he's unbelievable, like incredible what he does. But, you know, he, he said, yep, I can get him going. I'll get him going. And then you match it with Clarko. Um... And then, Sean, to have that love and that passion. And you, you go to the footy club and you have a wander around and you speak to the players and they go, we can't shut Sean up. He just <laughs> never stops talking. We absolutely love him. And you think someone who's played so much footy and been around it forever, you think after a while you get really 
you know, you probably go, oh, do you know what, I just I don't have anything else to say about the game. But he is just someone who just lives and breathes football. And, you know, it'll be it'll be tough for him hanging up the boots because, you know, that's been his life. But um, I, I just think of, wow. And then when his nickname, you think of Silk, you think of incredible skills. And he, he is just, he's the barometer. Uh, he, he was it. Okay, go the middle, go forward, go back. Wow, um, that you know that um, you know watching him run around and and wearing a a number that's obviously close to my heart as well. Mm. Um, yeah, my my kids are like, geez, daddy's way better than you. And I said, hey, <laughs> <laughs> I said, your kids have never seen me play, you little. But um, yeah, absolutely, he is just an ornament to the game, and hopefully won't be lost. Hopefully, he'll still stay heavily involved in some way or with some football club moving forward because. We need people like that. Absolutely. Now, th- this is the last one, I promise you, but this is just for the Hawthorne Nuffs. A mutual friend of yep. yours and mine, Rick Ladson, has told oh. me this story many times. But when he, <laughs> Ricky boy. When he lines up yep. 2008, left forward pocket, <laughs> yeah, about 40 metres out, we'll say. We'll give it 45 to put some mayo on it. A spot that he'd missed from in a final a few weeks earlier against Geelong. Um, you walked up to him. And just regale us. He's told me what you said. He, I, I think he underplays it a little bit. Um, what did you say to him when he was lining up to have that shot? I, I just said to him, I said, you kick this, we win the grand final, mate. Um, <laughs> but I, I didn't do it because I think, oh, that'll add pressure to him. I, I knew how unbelievably his skills were. Yeah. Um, and sometimes you have certain players that you know you can... Prompt a little, you yeah. know, and I, I did the same thing with Ben Dixon when he was having a shot for a goal after um, after the match against Carlton. Yes, where he said, "Say something to me, say something to me." I said, "Don't stuff this up for God's sake," <laughs> you know. Um, but and he looked at me, you know, like in fear. I said, "Just kick it, mate. You know what to do." Yeah. Um, and he said, "Oh, it actually took my mind off, you know, what I had to do. I just." I said, well, you practice all the time. You always kick him. So just just go and do what you normally do. So, um, yeah, there's certain players you can say that stuff to. Um, and then there's certain players that you, you just take a big step away. But Rick, Rick, I had no doubt he was going to kick that because I just knew how skilled and how amazing he was when he did have the football. Um, and, yeah, it was just a, a, a beautiful moment where I just looked into the crowd and said, oh, Hallelujah. My dreams come true. I get to be a part of one of those wonderful Hawthorne teams, which was pretty special. Thanks to the little master, the little angry man, Alistair Clarkson. <laughs> oh, Croft, cannot thank you enough, mate, for taking time out of your night uh, at this time of night uh, to have a chat to us. It, it can't thank you enough. Really appreciate it. Just phenomenal. And uh, we'll speak to you soon. No worries. And I'm sure if Clarko will tune in at some stage, but I've, I've sent him a message and... Um, you know, I've pumped him up a bit too much. I did call him small because um, he is a bit smaller than me. So that's really small. But uh, look, Alistair Clarkson's an absolute, you know, game changer. Um, hopefully he won't be lost to the game. Hopefully I would love him to coach and continue on because he, he adds so much to our game. Mm. Um, it'll be hard to come up against, up against him if, if he does continue on. But to him and um, his beautiful wife and the kids, thank you so much for allowing him to dedicate his life to getting Hawthorne going again and making him a powerful and unbelievable club that they are today. We really cannot thank him enough, and I'm sure 
next year the supporters will get a chance to say thank you and we love you. Normally, we're waving coaches off after we sack them. enough love. Sorry, you just cut out on us there, Krov. Normally, we're what? Normally, we uh, we say see you later to coaches, but um, with him, we just want to give him a big hug and all the supporters, I'm sure, just want to say thank you. Uh, we really appreciate what you've done and thanks for all the glory days. Beautifully said, mate. Thanks so much. I can't, you really do appreciate your time. All right, see Sam, see mate. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91